picked up his phone, called the police department, and then, because the government boys would be interested in Matt's place, made a call to a friend of mine named Ed. He was there in five minutes. Hey. Somebody really gave it to him, didn't they? Yeah. Before he died, Nat mentioned one name. Mitch. Mitch. Doesn't mean much. He say anything else? He mentioned there was another man in the party, an older guy. Looked like he had money. No name. Right. You look around this place? No, I thought I'd wait for you. For your baby, if the man who stole those plates starts using them. Another day, another counterfeit. Well, fellas, you find out anything about the crime? Who are you, bud, and how did you get in? Oh, I'm with the news. I heard there might be a yarn down here. Well, there is. Oh, now, don't give me that. Aren't you a government man? I said there is no story down here. And the guy in the couch. Looks like he's suffering from murder. Look, bud, get out of here. We've got a lot to do. My paper won't I'm not worried here. about your paper now. Will you beat it? Yeah, sure, if that's the way you feel. See it. Hey, hey. Aren't you Granger, the private eye? So what? Well, that'd be quite a deal. Cops, government men, even a private eye. Goodbye. I always welcome a chance to work with the government boys, so when Ed suggested I check with him later in the day, I agreed. Also, I wanted a chance to get next to this Mitch, the man who tortured Nat the printer. I'd like to own Nat, even if he was a counterfeit artist. However, I'd heard a conversation taking place in another part of town just then, I might not have been so eager. Well, how did you find out? I went back and pretended I was a newspaper man. Wasn't that dangerous? Have no credentials. Well, who cares about credentials? I found out something. Nat wasn't dead when we left. But I thought... Yes, so did I. But he lived long enough to call that private detective, Steve Granger. Seems that Nat knew Granger. He told him my first name before he died. We'll have to do something about Granger. Oh, no more killings. We killed Granger, we could get the trouble. He's got plenty of friends. Don't worry. I think I know just how to handle Mr. Granger. I'll continue with this interesting story in a minute. I was sitting in my office checking with people in Manhattan who might know somebody named Mitch. So far, it come up with 50 men by that name. None of them the right one. Then the man walked in. Strictly Wall Street. Gray business suit, Hamburg, and a million dollars worth of aplomb. Mr. Granger, you have been recommended to me. Uh, thanks. Who did the recommending? And why? I have a delicate matter on my hands. It concerns my daughter. She's young, headstrong. This is in Philadelphia. Nice combination. I want to report back to New York. Tactfully, of course. Uh, be more explicit, Mr. Uh, my daughter is in love with a young man there. She refuses to come home. I want her brought back. She over 21? She's 22. I'm afraid she's mistress of her own future. Nothing you can do. I thought that perhaps you could induce her, shall we say, to resign. If I try to induce her, as you say, and she resented it, I could wind up in a Philadelphia pokey. I'm afraid I'll have to turn you down. Hear me, that's most unfortunate. Couldn't I urge you to change your mind? Not just this minute, no. However, I might reconsider. In case you should, Mr. Granger, my card. Goodbye. I waited the proper length of time, after which I set sail astern of the portly gent. I stayed ten feet behind him, keeping an eye on his Humber cat 
stuck out above the rest of the crowd. Hey, Granger, you're just the guy I want to see. Not now, reporter. I got things to do. Beat it. Oh, but listen, I want the answer to a very important question. Will you let go of me? I'm trying to keep an eye on somebody. But the few seconds in which I was delayed by the reporter enabled Mr. Homburg had to be swallowed up in the crowd. And when I turned round to do a little verbal pasting of the reporter, he disappeared too. I fished out the car the pompous character had left with me. It gave the name of Henry Glazer, and the address, when I found it, turned out to be an automobile dealer. But it also turned out that Henry Glazer at that address bore no resemblance whatsoever to the guy in the Homburg hat. My deductive powers were really working that morning. It didn't take me more than ten minutes to figure out that I'd been fooled. I left the place, wondering why Mr. Homburg had it lied to me. Then I got that feeling up and down my spine and realized I was wearing more tails than a mink's toe. I couldn't catch a glimpse of my follower, but I decided to make a small detour on my way back to the office and call in on my friend Cal Henry. Well, well, how's the peripatetic private eye this fine morning? Hey, that's a $25 word. I'm only a $20 detective. Peripatetic simply means walking from place to place. Yeah, well, walking is something I'm not too fond of right now. I've got company. Someone on your tail? Yeah. I've been keeping one eye over my shoulder, one across the street, and one when I could stir it in front of me. Something brewing, huh? Yeah. I got a call from Matt, the printer. I thought he'd gone out of business. He has. As of today. Somebody wanted a set of plates he'd made. And they weren't too squeamish about how they got them. Don't tell me I've got a tent to dump. Just keep your ears flapping and see what you can pick up, Cal. My friend, you may have three eyes, but I don't have fingers on my ears. However, I shall attempt to ascertain whatever information is available. Well, if you get any, just be a good guy and translate it before you pass it on. I was feeling kind of dizzy from Mr. Hendricks' verbal gymnastics, so I nearly walked straight into the lobby of my office building without looking. It was lucky I didn't because the lobby was currently being inhabited by someone I didn't want to meet, one of the local gun boys. And it was a cinch I was his target for today. I beat it round to the back entrance, hoping there wasn't another one stashed there. There wasn't. I waited till the gun boy moved towards the street entrance, then I made my break up the stairs into my office. I made straight for my phone and put in a call. Hello. Ed, this is Granger. Oh, hi. Young Sue. Say, how do you feel? Out of a bride's burned broccoli. What's with me anyway? Who hates me? Uh, don't be concerned, Granger. You had a man or two tailing you, but we protected you. Nab any of the men who were after me? No, but we will next time. Well, here we go again. Hey, somebody's coming down the hall, Ed. What, to your office? Yeah. Looks like a woman through the glass. Now, listen, I'll unlock the door and let her in. I'll put a paper over the telephone so she won't notice it's off the hook. That way you can get an earful. She's got anything to do with the counterfeit place. Right. <clears throat> One second. Let me in quick. Sure, baby. Why did you lock that door? For my own protection. What's on your mind? There was something stolen today. From a man named Matt. Do I make myself clear? You're doing the talking. Would you like to get back what was stolen? But, lady, before this R.O. shenanigan goes any farther, let me explain. I'm not the literate type. Any talking you do, do it in simple, direct words. Now, if by what was stolen, you mean counterfeit $20 plates, 
say so. Well, I... Suppose I do. I don't want to suppose anything. You came up here. You do the talking. Well, would you like to get back the counterfeit place? Have you got them? No, but I can arrange for them to be handed to you. Tonight. Just what part do you play? I'm just a messenger. Okay, beautiful. I'll take those plates tonight. If you hand them to me in person. Be down at Pier 7. You know where that is? Up Cartland Street. Yeah. And it's plenty dark down there. You won't be heard. Be there at 8 o'clock. That's a large pier in a special place. Directly in front of the entrance. That shouldn't be hard to find. Thanks. I'll see you then. And by the way, the people who sent me told me to tell you this. Don't tell anyone where you're going. I wouldn't dream of it. I'll see you at 8. Uh, by the way, who are you? Nobody. So tonight, Mr. Granger. A friendly type. You still there, Ed? Yeah, I've got the lot. And don't worry, we'll get those birds tonight. Ed sounded very confident, but I wasn't so sure. The whole setup felt phony. There were too many mysterious elements floating around. And if there's one thing I don't like, it's a floating mysterious element. You only have to hit it hard enough, and you're liable to find yourself sunk. In just a minute, I'll bring you the climax of the case. I hung up after talking to the government man, feeling that maybe his confidence was not misplaced. Maybe tonight would tie up this peculiar business of the missing counterfeit plate. But just as I was thinking these happier thoughts, my door opened. Granger. Oh, so you came back. Our arrangement was that you wouldn't tell anyone where you were going. Oh, I didn't. No. But it was very convenient for you to have the telephone hidden under the newspaper, so he wouldn't notice it was off the hook. Oh. I didn't trust you, Granger. I came back and listened to the door to make certain. Oh? What now? I don't know. I'll have to make sure you keep your part of the bargain. You may hear from me later. I didn't know what the girl meant by bargain. So I got on the phone and told Ed, the government man, what had taken place. He was as despondent as I. But nothing could be done for the moment. I killed several hours watching the minute hand on my office clock make the rounds. At 8 o'clock, things started to pop. Hello? Granger? Yeah? Will you give me your word that you won't have yourself covered? I'll make another date with you. Where and when? Oh, no. Your word first. Okay, you've got it. Same place I mentioned earlier. One hour from now. Walk down the street from the north towards the pier. I'll be waiting. When the girl hung up, I got out my gun, looked it over carefully. Then, because I'm the cautious type, I oiled a small part here and there. Finally, I replaced all the cartridges, and as an extra precaution, dropped a few spares in my jacket pocket. Pier 7 was occupied by a freighter wearing rusty sides, dribbling a small plume of smoke from a stack and dirty water from a side. As I neared the entrance, I could spot an occasional figure moving about the deck. I wondered if the girl could have come from there. Granger! Hello! Over here! You got them? Here, here, take them. Thanks, baby. 
Now mind if I unwrap this package and make sure you're not kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh-oh. Yes, you are on the level. Mind explaining why you uh, turned these over to me? You know why. Goodbye, Grace. Hey. Hey, wait a minute. Come back. Quick, here. Hurry. Granger, they shot at me. Yeah, and they shot at me, too. Those in that doorway, two of them. I've got to get out of here. Oh, no, you don't. We're leaving together. There's a police car heading this way. It shouldn't worry him enough to give us our chance. As the police siren came nearer, the guys in the doorway stopped shooting. They took a chance and beat it around the corner. We're lucky enough to pick up a passing cab, and ten minutes later, we were in a secluded booth at the back of a midtown restaurant. Now, baby, what's all this about? Your pals tried to shoot you down. Why? I don't know. Honestly, I don't. I did everything the men told me. Who are these men? How come they told you to come to me? They said that you were holding my uncle, that you wanted the counterfeit $20 plate. But if I gave them to you, you'd let him go. And who is this uncle? Uncle Matt. Uncle Matt? You mean Matt the printer? Of course. Baby, don't you read the newspapers. Why? Matt died this morning in his basement apartment on 13th Street. He's in torture. Then night. He said that... When you say they, is one of them an older man who wears a gray business suit and a Hamburg hat? His name isn't Glazer. How did you know? And the other one. Is he called Mitch? Yes. The police want Mitch, little lady. He's the one who killed your Uncle Matt. Matt told me before he died. You're not lying. I can prove that. Then why did they give back the plate? Oh, why did they shoot at me? Why the two men, that must have been the well-dressed older man and Mitch, had tried to kill both of us was just as much of a mystery to me. Rita Swanson and I got another taxi cab and went down to Church Street to see Ed. First, he printed a counterfeit $20 bill from the plates I gave him. Well, here's your sample. Oh, no, Ed. Not anything that bad. I agree. Matt, the printer, was a real craftsman. These plates print like the engraver used a crowbar. That thing's so obviously phony, it wouldn't get past a five-year-old child. That is that. Now, uh, Miss Swanson, I'll get a stenographer in here to take down your statement. You willing? Of course. When Rita Swanson started talking, I heard a lot of things that hadn't been explained before. Also, the setup she revealed was a honey for passing counterfeit money in New York. And the reason for killing the girl and me became obvious. What are you talking about, Grace? The girl hands me the plates, right? Then we're both knocked out. The plates are in our possession when our bodies are found. That puts our two friends in the clear to start using the plates Matt made. The good ones. Yeah, what a place to pass counterfeit money. A theater ticket. How'd they get away with that? Requires a license, you know. Yeah, one of my men's checking the license bureau now. Well, I will get you ten. They're not licensed. They never stand investigation. Well, that's not what bothers me. But how to get them start passing the bills does. I think I've got it, Ed. Miss Swanson and I are at Bellevue Hospital. Condition critical. Guards at door. Go on. Issue a bulletin to the papers. All of a sudden, we both take a turn for the worse. 
We died. That disposes of the only two witnesses. Yeah, I get it. I look right away. Now tell the newspaper boys I don't mind dying. On paper. Ed set the stage as carefully as for a Broadway play. A spotter watched the two men operate their theater ticket agency. One that catered mainly to out-of-towners. Two days later, the trap was baited. It was late afternoon, after the banks had closed. A government man, posing as a tourist, approached the ticket agency. A big window opened on the main hallway of the building the agency occupied. How do you do, sir? What can we do for you? Well, well I was wondering, uh, what about some seats for uh, my fair lady? My fair lady? The ticket's next summer. Oh. Uh, oh, but my, my wife and I will be here only this week. Uh, I'd uh, pay uh, almost anything. Almost anything? Uh, yes. Uh, even selfish uh, uh, prices. Sorry, we are a licensed and recognized ticket agency. However, under the circumstances, I could ask around. Perhaps I could obtain a pair at slightly over normal price. Ah, slightly. About thirty-five dollars. That is thirty-five dollars each. Oh my! Oh. Well, my wife said not to come back to the hotel without them, so I, I guess I, I'd better get them. Very well, sir. Uh, that will be $70. In advance. Oh, in advance. Yes, sure. The tickets will be waiting here for you in one hour. Oh, thank you. Uh, you are all... Uh, can, can you change a hundred? A hundred? I certainly, sir. Uh, here you are, sir. Your receipt. Presented when you pick up the ticket. And your change. Seventy. Ninety. One hundred. Oh, thank you. Let's go, Granger. Hmm? Uh, just a minute. Oh, I... Why, what's wrong? The United States government. Here, let me see the $20 bill. Stand still, Merlin. What are you doing? Shut up, buddy. Granger. Yeah. Alive and aching to be kicking. You. You saw this bill pass, Granger. I did. Merlin, you'll have to come with me. You're under arrest. Passing counterfeit money. The same morning, I was just going Granger. Well, well, our reporter friend. Alias the mysterious Mitch, I presume. Come here, pal. I want you. I don't think so. <laughs> I do. Nice work, Granger. You coming along with me and these two birds? But obviously. <laughs> Friends, that's the story. I'll be back to wrap up the case in just a minute. Merling, the big one, and Mitch, the wounded one, were taken places by Ed, the government man, and locked up. I went along. When things had been settled, got out of there. I wanted to break the news to Rita Swanson. Ranger, get a book? Went off like a $3 alarm clock, baby. Merling and Mitch are in jail. Well, Uncle Matt murder? Presently, for counterfeiting. But the government and the local police will no doubt get together on the matter. I hope they both go to the chair. They're within walking distance now. They look great up on the witness chair. Thanks. 
Don't do all right. I'd feel better if I were occupying another chair right now. Another chair? Where? In a restaurant. I'm hungry. Oh, I think I get it. And I'd just love to have you with me. I know. Paying the check. Steve Granger again. You've just heard one of the most interesting cases in my file. And I'll have another one for you. So be around next time. Uh-huh.